Welcome. This episode is a live recording of a session from Storytelling Podcast Week's live program. You can check out the full schedule at podcastweek.live slash storytelling. That's podcastweek.live slash storytelling. And follow the channel here to replay all of our live stream program and special episodes, exclusive episodes, and favorites here on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetization platform and also the home of Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. You can start your own live stream on Podbean Live and for hosting, use the code STORY for your first 30 days free. Enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to Storytelling Podcast Week and our third session of the podcast week end. <laughs> Patron of the arts, the fandom and communities of favorite fiction. Moderated by Jennifer Macy Mace of the Be the Serpent podcast with Mary Clay Watt of That's What I'm Talking About, Jeffrey Craner from Within the Wires, Elijah Bailey from the Elijah Bailey Show, A Little Bit of Anime and Blackened Studios, and Eric Hamilton of King Falls AM and Improv on Tape. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week is a week of live stream sessions, just like this one, with narrative nonfiction podcasters, audio drama, and fiction podcasters from across our world and our imaginations. If you have a chance, check out the recorded episode showcase featuring some exclusive and favorite episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel for many of the podcasters participating. You can also replay the live streams from the week on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast channel. So make sure to download the Podbean app and follow the channel to receive notifications in real time about the live streams and specially re released episodes of the week. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for this session, you can see we also offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience with Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. And to get your first 30 days of hosting for free, use the code STORY. And now we'll hand it off to Macy of the Be the Serpent podcast. Hello and welcome. Hi, Norma Jean. Thanks for inviting me to run this shindig. Uh, so to our, all of our listeners out there, um, this is going to be a pretty crammed panel, but we'll be probably taking some questions at the end. So do feel free to type those into the app. And I hope if Norma Jean is willing that she will keep a record of that somewhere so we can come back to you. But uh, for now, I'm going to jump straight in with our first question, which I suppose is less of a question and more of an instruction. Could I ask each of our audience each of our panelists to please introduce yourselves tell me what your podcast is and tell me a little bit about whether that's self-created or whether you are a fan creator and if so what's the genre of work you highlight so i'm gonna i'm gonna start with elijah is at the top of what i my notes are saying so would you like to jump in first yes i don't mind uh my name is elijah bailey i'm the host of the elijah bailey show and a little bit of anime uh, all from black and studios uh, both podcasts uh, are heavily dosed and steeped into the uh, the genre of anime, as well as comic books, uh, video games, and uh, other things that surround those mediums. Uh, this was uh, a show that just came from our love of anime and our friendship, like just kind of like uh, water cooler talk. We just wanted to bring something uh, and a conversation to the. Uh, the community that we hadn't heard before. Awesome. Those types of podcasts are such fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go next to Jeffrey, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Craner. I am. Uh, I work on a few podcasts. I, uh, I write two fiction podcasts. One is Within the Wires, and the other is Welcome to Night Vale. Um, those are both, like, original creation podcasts of just storytelling that I have co-writers and I create these, you know, create the stories in and around Night Vale. Um, I also have another podcast that's just about writing in general. Um, not necessarily an instructional on how to write, but also the just talking around the issues where we kind of give assignments to people. I would say that kind of works sort of like as a fan podcasting thing. Um, as a fan mm. of writing, it's just fun to talk to people who do writing and find out how they do it and what makes them good at it. And I have one other podcast that I do where I just watch horror movies sort of in a random order with a friend of mine, which is absolutely a fan project. I'm just learning to love the genre. 
is awesome. what I'm attempting to do. It's a lot of fun. Well, and particularly the writing one sounds very much like the type of community building that maybe we'll talk about a bit later. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to jump over to Mary Clay now, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi there. Yeah, my name is Mary Clay Watt, and I am the host of That's What I'm Tolkien About. Uh, I do recognize that I pronounce Tolkien slightly wrong, but that's the way the pun works. Um, and it is a part of the WBNE network uh, with a couple other small podcasters and creators. And uh, I started out by, well, I'm experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time. And I started out by reading Lord of the Rings chapter by chapter. I watched the movies and I just finished my read through of The Hobbit and I will be starting my coverage of The Hobbit movies very soon. And actually today I realized this morning is the two year anniversary if that's what I'm talking about. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. I was like, oh, that's so perfect. It's today. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. And uh, that's the type of sci-fi fantasy engagement that I'm very familiar with. <laughs> so, Eric, I think you're the last one to go. Would you like to say a bit? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm Eric Himmelton. I'm a co-creator of King Falls AM, which is a fictional audio drama, if you will, and a, a co-creator of Improv on Tape, which is we basically take... Uh, books, so that's where it gets its name, uh, and we essentially improv our way through classic literature like Harry Potter or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and this week, um, during Storytelling Week, we did a live episode of Winnie the Pooh, so uh, essentially we're just destroying childhood <laughs> literature that we liked when we grew up. That sounds like a ton of fun, though. It definitely is. Well, then I will briefly say hello. I'm Macy, and I am one third of the three redheaded fantasy authors who run a little podcast called, podcast called Be the Serpent, in which we pull apart science fiction and fantasy novels, movies, and fan fiction. And I have a list of questions here, so I'm going to keep us moving along. And y'all are welcome to jump in in various orders. I won't necessarily call on you unless we have a moment of dead air. So who would like to start us off with talking a bit either about the world you've created or the world that you're engaging with in your podcast? I don't mind jumping sure, in. Sure, go for it. <laughs> so why anime? Why, why comics? Uh, anime and comics was a world that presented a way for me personally to to get outside of the, the physical world. And mm -hmm. then also some of the attributes and things that we see from uh, strong antagonists and protagonists kind of kind of move you to, to try some things mm -hmm. in your actual life. So I know that one of one of my biggest and favorite, most favorite animes is Dragon Ball Z or the Dragon Ball franchise. And one of the things that I started doing, because I've been, I started martial arts when I was four years old. And I, I had started watching Dragon Ball when it weirdly aired on, I think, uh, like the sci fi channel. And it actually caught the 12 year old Goku as a kid going through his training. And so uh, me, a kid around the, you know, around that age, started trying to fashion weighted clothing to train with <laughs> to see if that would improve my martial arts skills and things like that other people that weren't in martial arts that had a deep love for martial arts and we connected uh through that and then you know you find out that you like jackie chan or jet lee or bruce lee and it, it just expanded my world from from inner love of seeing one of my favorite pastimes in an animated form and from there as i got older you get to see different stories told different space because I, I love star wars uh, i love parodies of star wars and I love the fact that Cowboy Bebop, uh, Outlaw Star, there, there's so many, mm. uh, even Gundam series like that that are in space that it, it makes you want to believe that there is uh, something that you could even create further in that medium or in that space. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just it continues to draw me in. Like now there are shows that uh, we just had a episode recorded on Wednesday 
And uh, me and my co-host Monica were talking about a show that covers uh, polyamory that just came out this season that's only three episodes in called Girlfriend, Girlfriend. And the way they explain it and the way they do the show is not is almost heavily steeped in tropes, but not in the moment you would think. Mm-hmm. They actually take a serious approach to these these kids trying to figure out this relationship. And then there's comedy with little stuff, like little insecurities, which is a, a total spin on that genre. And so it just continues to you continue to see people's representations mm-hmm. within these shows, which draws you in. And that's why I think I continue to go back to them. And same thing with comics, because with a multiverse, there's infinite realities and infinite things. So at the same time, if you think of yourself as being within that multiverse, this is just one aspect of my personality. Right. And that stuff is just vastly interesting to me. Well, I think it is super cool the way that pop culture can make topics much more engaging and interesting to everyone, right? Like you're saying with exploring Mm -hmm. polyamory or exploring martial arts as a young kid who maybe doesn't have people around who are doing that. That's super cool. So I'm curious, though, Mary Clay, if this is your read-through of Tolkien for the first time was what had you start the podcast, what drew you to doing Tolkien specifically and why hadn't you read it before? Um, So it's actually a funny story. I came up with the the pun, that's what I'm talking about. At the time, I would come up with, like, really terrible ideas for podcasts and I would tweet about it. (laughs) And I thought of this name for a podcast, a Lord of the Rings podcast called Mm -hmm. That's What I'm Talking About. And I was about to tweet it. And I was like, oh, well, that's I can't do that because I haven't ever I haven't ever read Lord of the Rings and I haven't ever watched it. Um, I'm not sure why I never watched it. Um, It just never was in my uh, I don't know, just in my world growing Mm -hmm. up. None of my friends really. We I don't think we ever really watched it. Um, just something that I missed. And I, at the time, I had just started listening to Potterless, where Mike mm. Schubert is experiencing Harry Potter for the first time. And I was like, well, if if he can do a podcast about Harry Potter and he's never read or watched it, then I can do a Lord of the Rings podcast. Uh, and then I had some friends who had already been in the world of podcasting and they reached out and said, we want to help you get this going. So it all it all started from a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there are far more ignoble possible origin stories than thinking of a bad pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Jeffrey, Eric, do either of you want to talk a little bit about um, how you came to create the world you create in? Uh, sure. I can jump in on that. I, um, uh, yeah, I started within the wires back in 2016. We launched that. We started working on it in 2015. It was just a. I just wanted to. I was really taken by just the the medium of radio or just audio only mm. storytelling, and within the wires was just this way of like, what if you had found audio in some kind of like audio only format? You know, so mm-hmm. we 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 did. Um, my co-writer Janina and I just came up with this idea of like a 10 episode seasonal arc that would be that first year was just what if we had what if we told a story through uh, relaxation cassettes and so we started playing around with just the format of relaxation cassettes and started making these that told a story that kind of feels sort of like a prison escape (laughs) told through (laughs) relaxation cassettes and so that was really fun to do and we did a second season where they were like museum audio guides that were telling the story of a missing woman. So it was just a, just to kind of play around with the medium really like mm-hmm. audio only medium. I grew up on radio. I loved radio. I um, love podcasting. I love nonfiction fiction, both. And it's uh yeah, it was just a neat way to kind of just play with, with the format entirely. And that's where it came from was just mm-hmm. wanting to tool around with that. Well, I think that playfulness reminds me, Eric, a little bit about what you were saying about, destroying childhood favorites was it yes <laughs> so what yeah, brought yeah. you to be writing in your area what was that so what what called you to create the world that you write in well with uh getting in podcasting in the beginning with king falls am it was just finding a way to tell stories that was possible 
uh, and affordable because making something like video is just super expensive. And mm-hmm. uh, my co-creator and I tried that path and it was just leading sort of to a dead end with, you know, and nothing was happening. So there's this new world of podcasting that the world was sort of at our fingertips, if you will. And we just decided to create a story that was sort of close to home. And that was like small towns and weird characters and, you know, quirky things. And, um, and then with improv on tape, that was just, that sort of happened through meeting people, actors, performers within King Falls AM that we all had the same sort of interests and everything and uh, these classic stories and they're really funny people and we were just like, well, let's just, you know, have fun and try to retell these things and in a way, I mean, COVID-19 helped that. We were bored. (laughs) Right, for sure. I think one of the interesting things I'm hearing across all of the panelists and Be the Serpent, very similar story. We we began the podcast because all three of us wanted to have discussions about fiction um, is that all of us sort of came to podcasting through this interest and engagement with other works. So I'd love it if we could talk a little bit about that. Um, The formal text of the question I guess I have written here is, how has the community and fandom of the work that you either create or are a fan creator for changed or enhanced the original vision? How has being a fan kind of made the canon richer? Who wants to jump in on talking about fans and fan enhancement? Uh, I can jump in. Sure. The the fans and the fandom of Lord of the Rings is really the only reason why I think I've continued Mm -hmm. to do this. Um, Because if I wasn't enjoying the process, I think I easily would have called it a day after finishing Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you've ever, if you've ever picked up, Fellowship of the Ring or any of Tolkien's works, it's a slog. It it takes a while for things to start happening. And I say all the time, I wouldn't have made it past chapter two had it not been for the fact that I get to discuss this with different Mm -hmm. fans each week. Um, Because that's that's the structure of the show. I have different guests on each week um, rather than a a regular Mm co-host. And that's the most enjoyable part is getting to hear these all of these varieties of opinions and insights. And I get to, you know, I ask them questions if I don't know something or we trade theories if we both don't know something. And we will uh, we'll point out when Tolkien wrote something really beautiful and then at the same time make fun of him a bit when he goes on into excess detail about trees. <laughs> um, and so when I started this journey, I really, I really thought I would, I thought I would hate it because Lord of the Rings seemed in the same vein uh, in my head as when you were reading Charles Dickens in your, you know, English class in high school. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do, I do read Tolkien and I have no clue what he just said, or I have to go <laughs> back and, you know, my eyes glaze over. But um, talking to all these fans that I've gotten to meet through the podcast has really given me a larger appreciation for what Tolkien created. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And he was also a gifted watercolor artist as well. So if anyone has an opportunity to see the touring exhibits of those, they're beautiful, beautiful pieces. Yeah, I've learned he's a man of all trades. It's really (laughs) astounding. Okay, floor is open. Who else would like to talk a bit about fandom and uh, fan creation here? I'll jump in. Sure. Um, I think, like, even before uh, COVID hit, I think there was like a big transition. There was more people talking and then coming about coming out about their love mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. anime and comics, especially comics with the, the MCU and, and the films, but anime specifically to where uh, for creators of color, you got to see people like RDC World One start creating videos or King mm-hmm. Vader create videos of anime parodies. And then you have Team Four Star, 
um, Roots or Teeth, all these guys doing different parodies for, uh, you know, bigger titles like Dragon Ball to Attack on Titan to reanime and things like that. So <laughs> that has, that, when it first started, got us even more interested. Like, man, we need to go out to cons. We need to, you know, get out and be a part of this and kind of meet, you know, some of these other content creators to kind of see how they're feeling because it's a space that hadn't been, didn't feel like it was open right. at the time. And with it opening up like that, everybody had this sense of community. And so everybody started reaching out and bonding. And now you can kind of see that that's, uh, I think, BlurredCon and, and some other cons that are uh, incorporating different community games, community activities, kind of like community tournaments, are doing a great job at reaching out and, do, and doing things like that. But that has continued to kind of push and drive the show as well. Because when we mm -hmm. first started... We were just audio. We were just we'd come on after the morning workout. We'd sit down, <laughs> get something to drink, like coffee, whatever, uh, and then we just start talking about the latest manga we read or the latest anime we watched. Then we give recommendations, and I was like, "Dude, we're killing people with these recommendations, like giving them like weekly recommendations, like ten ten less long." So we got to reformat. And I think currently, right now, for both shows, a little bit of anime and the Elijah Bailey show, we're in another, uh, we call it like the, the we, we stepped into the hyperbolic time chamber. So we, we went in for training and now we're coming out new because we're at broadcast. And so mm -hmm. the overlays, the transitions, um, you know, fumbles on the show are different segments, creating original uh, anime theme commercials or intros, all that stuff just continues to evolve. And mm -hmm. when you watch what people who love the medium are doing, on a daily basis it just feeds that flame and that passion i think that the point you make about this shift we're seeing into like a more publicly acceptable identity as a mm -hmm. fan is definitely something i see um when we started be the serpent one of our major goals was to bring fan fiction out into the light of day and say this these can be works of deep literary merit, the way any other mm -hmm. piece of work can be, the way that anime can be works of deep literary merit. And it's just prejudice that kind of puts them down as lesser, right? Yeah, exactly. Because Dragon Ball Z is an epic, right? It, it un uh, inarguably is. Yes. And that's, I, I think, uh, there, there's certain things in the community because uh, yesterday, there was this huge announcement from Akira Toriyama about the, the movie that's coming in 2022. And for this, this we had this little pocket of knowledge, knowing that there's going to be an announcement. Everybody's like, man, I, like the DBZ community is like, man, I want change. And then you get this announcement like, man, I don't want change. Like, <laughs> I, I want more of what I love, but I don't want the transition because they're just worried that it won't live up to the standard. But again, like right. you said, it's an epic. It follows Goku as a boy through his life and, and the whole premise is friendship, just like mm -hmm. um, Oda's One Piece is this long journey and epic, but the world is so vastly creative from you have mer people to uh, <laughs> the, the world's divided up into different categories of the sea. There's sky islands, uh, devil fruits give people power. Just like, where does he come up with this stuff? And to be a thousand and nineteen chapters in is just mind blowing. <laughs> Well, and what you're saying about, you know, Akira being a creator and making an announcement to the fan community, I want to ask Jeffrey for a moment, how do you engage with the, the Night Vale fan community is, is huge nowadays. How do you um, support, how do you pay back the support that they're giving you while still maintaining your vision as a creator, right? I think the number one thing you can do to pay back that support through through your art is to keep making the art you've always made like keep mm, making, doing mm -hmm. the thing you want to be doing i mean i don't think you you do that with by ignoring fans right. i don't think you do that by ignoring what they're saying but I, I think i think paying direct service to fandom is um i think a kind of like a a, a dangerous path to go down mm -hmm. because i don't i think on the short term, I think people really enjoy it if they feel catered to. But I think over the long haul, you start, uh, you know, you don't want to be always pandering. You know, part of the reason people um, 
you know, part of the reason people like an author or like a creator or something is that they, they like the things that that person does. Right. Um, and uh, because uh, there's something about that person that felt you new and unique and different from what they were doing. So, um, yeah, I think kind of like knowing what fans are talking about, answering people's questions when they have them. Um, my questions are usually really, my answers are usually really dull. They're like, hey, what did this mean when you did this? And my answer is usually either I don't know or I know and I can't tell you. <laughs> so, um, but I, um, yeah, I, th I think the number one thing is just to, if, if you have, if you're lucky enough to have fans of what you do, they're fans of you. They're fans of the work that you make. And that's something I, I just, you know, I, I, I sort of felt before we started Night Vale and, uh, and still feel to this day that you want to do the thing you want to do. Mm, that and I makes think sense. other people want you to do that too. Eric, do you have any other thoughts along these lines as well with uh, King Falls AM? I, I mean, I think Jeffrey summed it up uh, pretty good. I think just from the perspective of like starting something and having no fans and you're just kind of in like a vacuum of <laughs> creativity, if you will, with like whoever, like wh whoever's involved creatively, it's just you and your thoughts and your ideas. And hopefully other people like them just as much as you do. And I think it, the first time, people sort of start connecting with things that you thought was cool is, I mean, it's, it's, it, for me personally, it's an odd feeling, but it's cool at the same time because you're like, it, it's when you put something out there, it's sort of one of the most democratic things there mm -hmm. is. It's like people either like it or they don't. But I agree with Jeffrey where you just sort of have to stay true to what you like or it will, people will notice it. Mm -hmm. Like we can all tell when a yeah. series jumps the shark, right? When the creators <laughs> yeah. stop paying more attention to Twitter than their work. Yeah, I think it's very similar to just like personal relationships. Like sometimes you, you know, you, you think about like young young love, you see somebody and you really like that person, you, you, you want to tell them how you feel. And then sometimes that it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't like go two ways. That's, you know, um, and sometimes the harder you try to, you know, get someone's attention, the, the, the less they want to give you that attention. So it's a mm -hmm. delicate balance with fandom too. You know, you don't want to keep playing it so hard at trying to get fans, trying to build an audience. Cause it starts to feel, it can feel a little false. And unfortunately, there, there are a lot of shows that just don't have the big audience, and I, I don't know why that is. You know, sometimes I look at them and I think, this is the best show I've ever heard in my whole life. And I realize, like, they have a small audience, and I do what I can to promote that show. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's sometimes just, you know, I guess taste goes a long way. I, I don't know. There's so many factors into how anything <laughs> has any success these days. One of the things that we, we tend to phrase it on, on Be the Serpent is um, fiction is a meal that you're consuming and sometimes you want pizza and sometimes you want, you know, fancy salmon foie gras um, and you can't control what meal people are looking to eat and you can't make the, the pizza that you've served them into something that it's not. Mm -hmm. But uh, Elijah, did you want to jump in? I saw you'd unmuted a second ago. Oh, no, I, I can't add to that. That was perfect. It was beautiful. <laughs> Poetry. It might that. be lunchtime. It might be lunchtime. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to jump to a new topic then. And let's talk a little bit about fans as creators. Um, so when people are passionate about something, it often inspires creativity. I'm curious, what's the most creative endeavor that you've personally seen or heard about that a fan has done? Like, you know, costumes created or songs written, things like that. Oh, God. Like, every day you find <laughs> new things on, like, TikTok. Like, the way the, the uh, Adult Swim TikTok videos were being made, it, it made you feel so nostalgic um, to Toonami. But at the same time, it was like, man, this is super creative how everybody you know, is using the same background music, but 
there's just that little bit of authenticity. Mm. Like you were sitting at home making something to eat or you were doing your laundry, waiting for that next tsunami show to come on, uh, that Adult Swim show to come on. Um, but cosplays, like there have mm. been some phenomenal things at, from like Shin-Chan cosplay to uh, Cardcaptor Sakura cosplay to Dragon Ball Z to one like the entire One Piece crew. Like people get so creative on making weapons Mm. Uh, making sure the aesthetics or making these clothes from scratch uh, no matter how as they are ever uh, it's just it's so amazing to see that which has inspired us we had segments on the show that we had put on our Patreon uh, to write spinoffs of some of our favorite shows and we did a a Death Note and a Dragon Ball but that inspired me to go further and like I think I have 20 projects that are probably about 10 apiece, 10 manga and 10 comics that I am, have come up with the idea and then started to write just because it, everything that you see is like, you want more mm-hmm. of that. You want something else that a, a kid could watch or someone could identify with and say, have that draw them in. Like these are some of the stories that are interesting that would lend itself to a shonen type that people mm-hmm. could identify with. Um, For sure. Even uh, with um, diversity and representation, there are. Uh, I started a uh, Dora Milaje comic because of the, the popularization of the Milaje from the MCU, because more mm-hmm. people know about them now and how they are a derivative of the, the Dahomey warriors, which are said to be the actual Amazons. Um, and then there's a manga that is just a team of 13 with a, a heavy. A, a heavy cast, both male, female, and kids that are going into these people's lives as fans of something, but there's also a story to be told outside of that because you just see and hear people's stories on a daily basis of why they create or what they were inspired by, and you want that story to be told in a larger format so it gets out to more people because it's inspiring. I think that's exactly it. Like one of the things that we now have a little bit more of with social media and the internet is this ability to see that kind of almost every person you come across in your life, you know, the person at the checkout counter, the person driving the Uber, whatever they're doing is probably creative in some way. And they're doing this really amazing, cool stuff. Like you were talking about the cosplayers right before. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's built a costume of Milady from Persona 5 with hoop skirts mm-hmm. that's like six feet across in each direction. And the ways that she contorts it to get it into a suitcase, it's truly mind boggling. <laughs> To to be able to to not only be driven crazy, because I hear from some of my friends, like, I was up all night trying to think how to do this, but to be so resourceful, it's like, Mm -hmm. if you can do that, you know, what can I do? And I never, when I first started podcasts, like, me and uh, Richard, aka The Buckety, we were, we had been working out together. I've been working overnights and listening to the Steve Austin show and then uh, Kevin Smith podcast when it was before it was Fat Man Beyond. And I was like, man, you know, Steve Austin's talking about all this stuff. I was like, we could do that. And then it was like, I have equipment at the house. And he's like, you know, I tried to, you know, I was doing podcasts before and I was like, I had no idea. So we just sat down and started from there. And then I saw the, the workload like behind the scenes, like how many hours he's mm-hmm. been editing. So then I started, he went on a vacation like he is now. And I did my research and I was like, dude, how can I help out? I want to, you know, be an editor. Then I went to producer. And now the shows went from audio to live broadcast to, you know, on live location, uh, podcast and broadcast. And, and we mm-hmm. built the set at a studio. So it's taken on a whole life of its own, but I feel like the the creativity that we see to where we've honored cosplayers and other podcasts on the show has driven us to dive deeper into our motivations and passions as podcasters to Amazing. speak our truths. No, that's super cool. Um, how about everyone else? Uh, what other tales of fan creativity do you guys want to share? Come on, don't make me pick on someone. <laughs> Um, well, what amazes me about the Lord of the Rings fandom is that this is a fandom who they haven't had any 
new quote unquote content in, <laughs> in years. Um, the most recent, uh, the most recent was the the Hobbit movies, and those are notoriously hated among the fandom. Um, and so the movies are twenty years old. The books were written in you know the nineteen thirties and the nineteen fifties, and there are still people who are doing fan art and mm. uh, doing cosplay and making TikToks and writing video essays and doing all these really amazing things that just always blow my mind. Um, and the one thing that I'm really interested to look into, um, because I have just re uh, last weekend, I did my marathon of the Hobbit movies to prepare. And, and get I don't know if I should episodes. say congratulations or I'm so sorry. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be. I really <laughs> thought people like I was like, what on earth did they do in these movies that made them so terrible? They're just really stretched out. It's That's just all it is, is it's a... 250 page book that shouldn't have been three movies but uh i digress anyway and i heard that there was a fan edit of the hobbit where someone uh. took all three movies and edited out everything that was unnecessary or um was added in or dragged it out and they edited the whole thing down to just one cohesive movie like it probably should have been and i've already i haven't even put out my first episode on the hobbit movies and i'm already getting messages from people telling me about this fan edit and people telling me like you should watch it you should cover it so that's just insane that someone sat there for let's see there probably like nine hours of of footage to begin with and edited mm -hmm. it down to a feature length film is insane that's amazing. I would not have had the patience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about Eric? Do you have any tales of ingenuity to share? Uh, there, there are so many memorable ones that are kind of uh, special to me. But like there's somebody who made little D&D &D figurines of amazing. several of the characters. There's somebody who made um these really beautiful postcards like and when they handed them to me i was like i feel like they legitimately came from king falls it was they were just really beautiful mm -hmm. and then let's say the most time consuming one that i've seen are there was a couple people that did their university like thesis oh, wow. papers on king falls am i was like that had to take hours and hours and hours of your time to do. <laughs> so, but probably more fun than doing it on again on uh, Dickens. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> How about Jeffrey? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always I'm always amazed at people who can who put in the amount of work that they put in to express their, their fandom. I mean, I, I guess I do too. I mean, I make, I'm started making a podcast about watching horror films and it's, it's been really fun mm -hmm. and that's a lot of time and effort to, to go into it. I, I just think like visually people do some really stunning things. You know, we've had, mm. had people make us, um, you know, I have sitting in my room now, somebody, you know, like a hand quilted, a giant, pillow that's of glowing colors to be the character of the glow cloud and somebody else <laughs> did made like a you know painted uh you know painted little pictures of of characters and you know put them onto like wood paneling and gave that to us and just have a ton and ton of ton of stuff um uh one of my favorite things was uh there's an artist named jessica hayworth she goes by the name angry comics on twitter and Tumblr. Mm -hmm. she um uh in the first of uh, like three or four months of us making the show, Jessica drew a picture of a, a deer with two heads and spider eyes. And amazing. Uh, my co-writer <laughs> and I just thought it was so amazing. We just thought, well, I would just wear that as a t-shirt in general. Like, uh, um, you know, I think it's really cool. And so we just, we asked if we could put the name Welcome to Night Vale on that and just sell that t-shirt and um, just say, you know, 
we'll just give you 20% of whatever it makes. And mm-hmm. I think that shirt, that shirt did so well for Night Vale. I think I, I, I want to say, it, it, I want to say it put her through grad school. That shirt it was a really big hit. And it was just, it was one of my favorite things of like, it was that moment where like learning kind of like the way you can collaborate with the other artists, you know, I never think mm-hmm. visually, I just write and talk and I don't think about how visuals work. And so just never really like, you know, you know, when you start thinking about the way artists can work with you um, to kind of express the thing you want to express, I think it's, it's really exciting. And the thing about Jessica has been, she, the, the Jessica has been such a major part of Night Vale's persona and place, uh, right. you know, even though we've never made, a TV show, a movie, a, a, a graphic novel out of Night Vale. We don't really even like have visuals of the characters. Jessica has like created that world for a lot mm-hmm. of people with her really surreal and disturbing art. Which I think goes nicely with the way that things are left to the listener to kind of figure out how they look because they do sound very surreal, even if there isn't um, an underlying image that you're working from there. And I think for me, the coolest expression of fan culture that I remember seeing was a long time ago now, maybe I say, maybe 15 years ago, there was a live journal fan writer who came out with a Stargate Atlantis fanfic called Written by the Victors that was epistolary historians writing about a rebellion that was the fic. And in the wake of posting it, dozens and dozens and dozens of other fans, because it was a multimedia project, came out and would write poetry, would write add-on fix, would write commentary, would record songs. And there were dozens and dozens of pieces that people spontaneously created as fan works for a piece of fan fiction, which I just thought was the most beautiful expression of what it means to be in those spaces as a creative fan. But of course, from the fan fiction world, the probably best known and easiest forgotten fan work of all is the archive of our own itself, which was entirely written by fans uh, and is still today hosted by them. But I will say to our listeners now, um, if you wanted to put some questions to the panel, now is probably a good time to write them in. I will move on with one more question from my list, and then we'll probably have time for one or two from the audience. So if you want to type something in, go right ahead. And meanwhile, I am going to ask our panelists talk a little to talk a little bit about something that you feel that your fans or fans within your genre are really excited about right now. Shall we start? That's, Come on, somebody, somebody, start me off. That's a good question. <laughs> like, do you mean like just in general? Like when I like so if I get, if I get on my Twitter account and I just see people that I kind of pay attention to. Like excited, like in terms of, like I, I feel like <laughs> in the past few months I've, I'm not super good on social media lately, but mm. I feel like in the past few months it was there was this like a real surge for the uh, the video game Hades. <laughs> like Hades, Hades is amazing. Really, yeah, really nuts. <laughs> and I finally just started playing it the other day, and it's great, and I've been having a blast. Um, yeah, there's just there's little things like that. Like Hades, Hades was a big thing. Um, I think also. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about, God, this, I'm just pointing out just how old and out of touch I am of things, but like the, uh, there's also a lot of chatter about the new, uh, new D and D thing, the, mm-hmm. the, the school, the, there's like a, there's a school component inside this was D and D campaign. And I'm just w- reading, I'm reading people like defending a thing that I don't even know the other side of. <laughs> <laughs> So those those are the things that I have seen happen. I think fan Twitter moves so fast sometimes that it's very much mm-hmm. like the meme of, of Troy from Community coming in with pizza and everything's on fire. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. what did I miss? Hey, people, why are you? Why did you block everyone? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. How about Elijah? I think I saw you unmute earlier. What are your folks interested and excited about right now? First off, I got to jump in. Like, I have not played Hades yet, and I've been so excited. <laughs> uh, that, and I think the Colonel Sanders simulator, I think people are still gushing. The Colonel about, like, Sanders? What? Sanders. 
What? Oh yeah, they have like a new anime sexy Colonel Sanders. But why? <laughs> because he, he he's bringing chicken. That's why he's bringing food with him. I... Like, okay. <laughs> way to the heart through the stomach, but. Like right I still remember the like pigeon dating simulator that existed for a while that everyone uh, got real yes. het up about. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> There's so many goodies, so many classes. Uh, but I think people, in, especially in the anime community right mm -hmm. now, the, the, the Dragon Ball announcement it was really <laughs> big. Um, I know on the manga side, everybody's excited that uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is coming back after hiatus because mm. of the author had some health issues. He knew he had to take a month off. Um, what else would be would be going on? I don't. I don't know. If, well, you know, my hero is getting another movie. Um, <laughs> I just think things that are that are coming this season. There have been a lot of anime that have come out with super long titles that have been really funny because the titles are just so so random that like. <laughs> my mom walked into the kitchen backwards and I tripped on a stone and now I'm late for school. And you're like, well, what is that? What is that show going to be about? And then you <laughs> tune in and it's this nice little slice of life comedy. But I just think that the self-expression that we're getting from these new mangaka and, and animators is, is spilling through to the, sh through the shows like uh, Beastars nice. season two came out. And I know first season was, was heavily weird. The second season is like, a scene that, like from Scarface. It's it's crazy. Like I'm like deers shooting lions with guns, and you're like, what is what is happening in this world? Um, <laughs> so what I'm hearing is anime fandom is generally excited in all directions simultaneously. Yes, you got <laughs> so many subgenres. Like everybody <laughs> has to be pulled in all directions. That's how we unify sure. by being pulled. Uh, yep. And then, yep. like, comics, Loki just ended, which blew everybody's mind. And we have, like, the What If series, Black Widow's out now, Hawkeye's mm. coming, Shang-Chi. These stories that they're telling and interweaving and trying to connect a world is just, it's the same as what Oda's doing with One Piece and what Akira's mm. doing with Dragon Ball and, and the series. Um, it's, it's really interesting to just see one person's perspective uh, overall, a collective's perspective. It does, it does definitely see like we've got something of a pattern of trying to have these interwoven tapestries of, of a world, like the Star Wars reboot, including mm -hmm. the new movies that aren't even in the main sequence, stuff like Rogue One. Exactly. But I know the sci-fi fantasy community are super het up right now about the first Dune trailer that just dropped. And oh, so I'll yeah. be excited to see, you know, five years from now, how far deep into Dune do we end up getting? But... I'm curious, Mary Clay, because I have a question from Norma Jean down in the chat. Is the new Amazon Lord of the Rings one of the things that Tolkien family is talking about? Well, <laughs> yeah, people are, I think the Lord of the Rings fandom, I think, is just excited for literally any kind of content. Um, mm, that's the mood. Yeah. <laughs> there's this, yes, there's this Amazon Prime series that is supposedly coming out in late 2021 is all is all that I've heard and mm -hmm. we that that's essentially all I know uh they released like a really vague synopsis of it a couple <laughs> months ago and it basically boiled down to like they will face darkness amazing and obstacles and it's like well we we probably could have guessed that. that anyway <laughs> Um, but we have no premiere date. I don't think we have any, I don't even think there's a name of the series right now. Um, they have been sharing cast updates as they cast new people, but we have, we have no clue who these people are playing because <laughs> I believe the, the series is going to cover things that happened in the second age i could be totally wrong but i believe this is these are things that happened happened well 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 before mm -hmm. even Women, like story silmarillion territory or yes i believe it's going to go into silmarillion territory um i've heard there's a fun. chance that sauron is going to be hot so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. No, yeah, there's definitely a whole, silmarillion territory yeah um it's actually canon that Sauron yep. in his original form was attractive. He was banging. Yep. Yeah, and people call it simping for Sauron. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, She's going to be and- the snake wives all over again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they also there was a recent in the last couple months news about uh, an anime film in the <laughs> works possibly, um, and then I believe there's also a a new video game that is in in the works as well. But aside, these are all things that I I'm more like I'll believe it when I see it when these sure. things you know officially drop on you know onto my TV on my streaming app then then sure. I will you know cover those things but until then I have to like keep on trucking and uh because I I don't know I I would love it if Amazon Prime could for the sake of my schedule <laughs> contact me and let me know when they're going to release <laughs> the show so that I can plan accordingly that would be great <laughs> That is definitely a mood. It gets entertaining when we end up juggling advanced copies of books and trying to make sure we don't accidentally release an episode before the book is published. That's nearly happened once or twice, which is always, you know, awkward. But uh, how about Eric? You've been very quiet. Is there anything that fans in your sphere have been excited for, excited about? Oh God! I don't know how to follow up those answers because my my answer would be so broad uh-huh. because uh, just being in like the like audio drama like mm-hmm. podcasting world, I I kind of think that like that world is still uh, people want to just see something or hear something new because I think there's a lot of saturation with like. Uh, films, streaming, all that stuff, where it's the same sort of stories over, over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like in podcasting, it's like one of the last sort of mediums where there's like r- a lot of experimentation on like what stories to tell and giving new people voices and all that stuff. So I think, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just stoked for experimental stuff. Yeah, yeah, just something new because I, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of voices that don't normally get heard. That it, you know, it happens in podcasting. I think mm-hmm. people are just waiting for that. Do you have any More particular that. names that you're kind of thinking of that are doing cool new stuff? Uh, I mean, there's somebody I know that has a new season coming out, mm-hmm. um, Girl in Space. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting, waiting on that. But <laughs> Well, that sounds great. I mean, I approve of getting to go to space for people of all genders, <laughs> although perhaps not billionaires. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I see we have one question from our own host in the chat. So, you know, thank you, host, for indulging our audience participation needs. Um, So I guess, who wants to go first? What panelists is something coming up that you're working on that you're super hyped for? We've probably got enough time to answer this one quickly. Let's go backwards Uh, and start with Eric and then Mary and then Elijah, then Jeffrey, if that's all right. Sure. Um, Well, we're... For Improv on Tape, we're currently in the process of recording our third season, and we're in the middle of uh, the Chamber of Secrets, Mm -hmm. uh, doing a retelling of Chamber of Secrets, and um, we're just absolutely making Dobby a horrible, horrible (laughs) character. You saying that reminds me of the Star Wars comics where they reimagined Star Wars as a D&D campaign in which the little sister played Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> How about, which way around was I going? Was it Mary Clay next? Uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I'm about to start my coverage of the Hobbit movies, which <laughs> I wish I could say I'm really hyped for. Um <laughs> Uh, it's it's really funny because when I was covering the Lord of the Rings movies, it felt like the whole podcast was leading up to that moment of me doing the movies mm-hmm. because people, it, I think the Lord of the Rings fandom is the one exception to this idea that the book is better than the movies. Mm-hmm. They love, they absolutely love the movies. 
and people were really excited for me to watch them and cover them and react to them. But The Hobbit, I trying to like contacting guests, I have to caveat every message and say, <laughs> it's okay if you don't like it that much. It's okay if you don't have any positive feelings associated with the movies. Like I just need people to come on and, and talk about it. <laughs> Oh, no. uh, and it's and I'm, I'm at the same time I'm telling my listeners I'm like don't worry guys like it's gonna be fun it, I don't think I'm gonna totally hate the whole process and I think it'll st it'll still be enjoyable it'll definitely be enjoyable they're just definitely not as good as the Lord of the Rings movies <laughs> well what could be yeah that's true <laughs> which way round was I next keep me honest people who was it was it Elijah yes I think it was awesome what are you up to. Um... The deal that I'm is it ties back into the shows inadvertently because mm -hmm. uh, me and me and Richard are, are working overnight to the same place again, and then cool. we've I've somehow wrangled Monica into this, my other co-host for the other show, and so Saturday mornings uh, we are playing video games together, which just fuels the show. Oh, nice! Because I, I'm just talking hot garbage to him the whole time because I'm just dominating them. In video games, <laughs> so now I get to hang that above their heads, and I know it eats them up, but <laughs> it's it's a, it's a fun fun little aspect for me. But then it also uh, feeds into the show because now I'm creating <laughs> more animation for that. It's I'm just gonna get on their nerves. That's just all I'm excited for. Really for the show, and so uh, I'm just gonna motivate me, them to clap back, right? I hope so, but. I, right now, the W's I've been, I'm, I'm living in a house of W's right now. I don't think that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they can come <laughs> back. Uh, but then also, uh, one of the comics I, I really dove into, and I'm meeting with the publisher, I'm going to push forward after talking to uh, some of my friends. And so I'm excited that, you know, we're taking that step forward to having this comic you know, come to life. So. Hey, congrats. Thank you. That's exciting. How about you, Jeffrey? What are you up to? Oh God! Um, continuing on a lot of the a lot of the same stuff. Uh, it's um, my uh, for for my podcast fiction podcast within the wires. We're working on a sixth season right now, so we're mm -hmm. in the process of finalizing those scripts, and that'll come out in October. Um, nice. So it'll be weekly ten episodes that'll run through mid December. Um, so I'm super excited for that. Um, we're sort of broaching the season, kind of telling in the in the style of a ghost story. Uh, which oh, cool. is really fun to play around with uh, to come out during the spooky month of October. And uh, we also are writing, or we've done writing a book. We wrote a book last year based on the world of Within the Wires, uh, which will come out um, in November. And it is called You Feel It Just Below the Ribs. So uh, book promote. Congratulations for that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm working on. Nice. Whereas uh, Be the Serpent, we are up for the Hugo nomination for Best Fan Cast for the third time at the moment, so we're fingers crossed for that. But we just recorded an episode on musicals in which we got to mock Gallivant for at least 20 minutes, which is always well worth doing. But we are also doing Ghosts for Halloween, Jeffrey, so we can be buddies nice. on that. I'm excited for that episode. So we have two minutes left. So if anybody wants to jump in with any last words on fandom, to fandom, for fandom. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, enjoy what you enjoy and love what you love. Mm, no shame. There are no guilty pleasures. Ooh, I like that. Right. I like that. <laughs> what all of them said. Mary Clay, anything to jump in on? Um, <laughs> everyone, yeah, they uh, let people have their have their theories and have yeah. their <laughs> own head cannons. And as long as it's not hurting you, just just let them enjoy it. Yep. Stan and let yeah. Stan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there we go then. On which note, I guess I will thank you all so much. This has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate all of you and I'll hand it back over to Norma Jean. Thanks, Maisie. I'm going to read our brief outro. 
Um, thanks everyone for joining us for this live stream, Patron of the Arts, the Fandom and Communities of Favorite Fiction, moderated by Jennifer Macy Mace of the Be the Serpent podcast with Mary Clay Watt of That's What I'm Talking About, Jeffrey Craner from Within the Wires and Welcome to Night Vale, Elijah Bailey from The Elijah Bailey Show, A Little Bit of Anime and Black and Studios, and Eric Kimmelton of King Falls AM and Improv on Tape. If you've joined late or want to have another listen to these amazing podcasters, you can replay on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for this session, you can see we also offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience with Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. And to get your first 30 days of hosting for free, use the code STORY. Thank you again to Jennifer Macy Mace, Mary Clay Watt, Jeffrey Craner, Elijah Bailey, and Eric Kimmelton. Thank you all for joining this session, Patron of the Arts, the fandom and communities of favorite fiction. Stay tuned for tomorrow's program, our last day of Storytelling Podcast Week, with the Horror Short Story Salon, where Jeffrey's co-author, Janina Matthewson, will be reading from You Feel It Just Below the Ribs. So that's really exciting. And that's at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And so Janina will be reading. We've got storytelling from Nora Uncle from Cryptids and John Grills from Creepy. And then at 4 p.m. tomorrow Eastern, we have the interview with David K. Barnes of Wooden Overcoats and Gabrielle Urbina of Wolf 359 interviewing each other. And the audio drama-rama panel at 5 p.m. Eastern with Justin McLaughlin of Planet M, Helen Gould from Rusty Quill, Joseph Fink from Night Vale Presents, Reg Jelly of Hainai, and Brigham Snow of Look Up. Thank you again, everyone, for this beautiful panel and storytelling podcast week, day four. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again, Norma Jean, for hosting us. Thanks, Macy. Thank you, thank you so Bye, much. Thank this you all. See you all later. Thank Bye. You so Thanks, much. everyone. Bye. Bye.